0: I've been totally looking forward to this, uh, coming here and being with you guys. It's been on the calendar for a few months, and, I, and I've been praying for you. Um, I, that may sound weird to you, but I, I seriously, I think about this church, and I pray for this church. I pray for Joey, I pray for the leadership, because not a lot of people know a ton about my childhood, but I grew up in a church that was somewhat similar to this. In fact, um, this I hardly tell anyone, but I grew up in Stockton, and my dad actually started a church in Stockton, um, the Chinese Baptist. Uh, I don't know how to say it in English. Stockton Tong Yuan Jumpsun Wui, you know, and uh, and uh, and so we'd go there as uh, as kids, and I don't talk about it a lot because. Because I don't want my, my dad died when I was twelve and we didn't have much of a relationship. But I didn't want to, I didn't want people thinking, oh, you know, your dad was a pastor, so you decided to become one too. That's really cute, you know. Like, and in my head, I'm like, gosh, this has zero. It has like nothing to do with him. Like maybe he prayed for me or something, but I didn't even know God when he was alive. But 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 the reason why I have such a heart for this church is, I remember like growing up in a, in a Chinese church, and it was very much about tradition. It was very much, you know, we'd never missed a Sunday. We we're always there. Um, but I didn't really get it. And, 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 but when I started to study, you know, I started to read the Bible for myself. And it wasn't the church's fault necessarily, because most of the sermons were in Cantonese, and my Cantonese wasn't that great. And and then when they spoke in English, it was still hard to understand them. And uh, it, it just, I didn't, I didn't grasp a whole lot. So I didn't have a relationship with him. But I remember there were times when I would sit in the congregation and maybe, you know, maybe I would just read a few verses or something, but something didn't make sense to me. Like I'd read the Bible and there'd be all this power and this crazy miracle. And then, and then I'd go to church and... I'd be like, gosh, this doesn't seem like the same thing I'm reading about. Um, okay, back up. Like on Saturdays, you know, because we were in Stockton, many Saturdays we'd come out to San Francisco and go to Chinatown. And sick dim sum. And and we'd always go watch a kung fu movie. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't even know if they still have those theaters in uh, Chinatown. But they would always show these Chinese movies, kung fu movies, and it just you know, I'm sure we've all seen them. They're, they're just ridiculous. You know, you're flying around. But I remember as a little kid, you walk out of that theater going, "I want to do that. You know, I want to fly. I want to you know beat everyone up." And and, uh, and 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 there was like about this power and. And I guess it's, it's kind of similar. When I would read the scriptures, I would see this supernatural element to it. Like, like that's what it was all about, this power of God. And so I didn't know how to couple that with what I saw in church, was just wake up, show up, and hang out. And, uh, but, but I remember as a kid sitting there going, I think there's so much more to this. And, but it's almost like I didn't know what to do with that. I didn't know what to say, you know, I was just a kid. I didn't know, I'm, I'm not going to influence the church or anything like that. There's just, something wasn't right. And I think that's why I've been praying for you is, I'm just going, God, are there people in there that maybe grew up with this because their parents brought them, but it's not even about their parents anymore. It's like every once in a while, you'll read something or hear something or just inherently God is speaking to you and you just know there's something more that's screaming inside of me that's trying to get out. And for some of you, it's just going, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then there's others, man, I I literally physically have been on my knees saying, God, I pray even this morning that maybe that would happen. That some of you, you know, there's those moments in life where no one else gets it around you, but you're hit so deeply that maybe you wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it. See, these were the things that started happening to me. What I've been praying for you is uh, the prayer that we read earlier in Ephesians chapter 3 in verse 14. It says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. He says, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father. I was doing that for you last night. I was doing that for you this morning because this is really, really important to me. Um, I really want you to have a deep, Deep connection with God that has nothing to do with your parents, has nothing to do with your family. In some ways, almost has nothing to do with the church. It's just like God, I love you. I, I, it, it matters a lot to me that you know Him. Like you know Him, even when no one else is around. It's like you get up and you spend this time knowing Him. It's a personal relationship because at the end of your life. When you stand before God, he's going to say to many people, you know, look, you, you know, you did this, 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 but I never knew you. Depart from me. I never knew you. And I think there'll be tons of people, who, but I was at church every Sunday. I hardly ever missed. I didn't do this. I didn't do this. I did this. And God's just saying, but I never knew you. That's why it's so important that your relationship with God is really your own relationship with God. And I, I pray this for my kids. I've got seven children. And uh, I remember when my oldest was like 11, 12 years old and she would just, I'd see her like with me, she would try to do the right things. But whenever my I wasn't watching, you know, she'd be in her own world and then caught her in a bunch of lies. And it, it was just, it was miserable. Because I remember there came a point where I had to look at her. and go, honey, what scares me is I don't see the Holy Spirit in you. Like, I know you love me. I know you love mom. But I don't see that you, at the core of who you are, love Jesus. Like, I don't see the Holy Spirit. And that scares me. I mean, it was a miserable, miserable conversation because I had to look at her and go, I'm scared that if you died tonight, you would go to hell. And I am bawling like a baby. My wife's in there crying. And we're just like, man, but I can't make you love him. Like, I can't do that. And, And I just don't see him in you. I see you trying to do good things for me and to please me. But that heart... And I remember, you know, I'd be up at, in the middle of the night just crying, going, God, I'm traveling the world telling people about you, and I can't make my own daughter love you. And uh, I'll never forget, it was a couple months later that she came into my room, and she's just like, Dad, you were right. And I was like, well, I don't know. I said, I, don't, I didn't mean to judge you or whatever. I just, and she goes, no, no, Dad. You were right. She goes, The Holy Spirit was not in me. And I was like, Well, how do you know that? She goes, Because He's in me now and everything is different. Everything's different. She goes, Dad, I talk to God like I'm talking to you right now. Like it's that type of relationship. And as a dad, I kind of like, Okay, you know, she's made grand statements before, you know, <laughs> we'll see if it lasts. But, uh, you know, a couple weeks pass and we're like, Wow. She's really different. A couple months pass, and my wife are like, "Whoa, something really happened." And now it's been, uh, gosh, seven, eight years, and she still has that fire, and it's in her. You see, that's that's what I pray for for you. Is, is because I went to church for years, and I was there, and and I wasn't doing anything crazy. I wasn't like this terrible kid. But it just, it wasn't inside of me. And so that's why I've been in, on my knees. I'm saying, God, have that happen. That's what Paul's praying here, is for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Paul, Paul says, I'm on my knees saying, God, would you just, give it to them? Would you just give them that much power so that inside the inner man, the Holy Spirit, they would just be strengthened? Like, like I can't make that happen right now. And that's why I was on my knees for you. It's like, I can't make a whole group of people love you. I don't know how you did that in me. That was something you did. And so he says, I I, I want you to grant, grant. You guys know what grants are? You know, I, I, uh, you know, I, I, I speak to a lot of very poor people all around the world, but I also speak to rich people around the world. Last week, I was probably with like, I don't know, 50 to 100 millionaires, okay, speaking to them. And, uh, but I have one friend who is actually a billionaire. I only know one. OK? Billion. Like that's crazy for one person to have a billion. Dollars. Now, I know that the Bible teaches don't show favoritism, but billion, you know, like that's, that's crazy because it's hard not to, okay? Let's just admit it because you just think, Wait, you could change my whole life in one second and you wouldn't even feel it. You would change his whole church. I mean, he could just float this thing and make everything happen so easily and he wouldn't even notice it. So it's just hard. You're just like, gosh, you could write a check to change it. Just sell one car. Just one, any of those things, you know? And, and, and if you've been around someone like that, sometimes you're just like, why don't you just do it? Why don't you just change my life so I don't have to work? My kids don't have to work my grandkids won't have to work, and you won't even notice it. Like, that's how much power you have right now. But what Paul's praying here, he goes, I'm praying, I'm on my knees praying that according to the riches, the riches of his glory. Okay, that's a human being with a few dollars. Imagine the riches of the creator of the earth, the riches of his glory, that according to the riches of what he possesses, that he may grant, you know, nothing of you, no work on your. It just says, grant to you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. He's not praying for physical things, he's not praying for finances or health. He's saying, I'm praying that he'd give you this strength not just normal physical strength, but in your inner being. Strength that comes from the Holy Spirit of God. You know, the Bible says the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you. Like imagine that power to take a dead crucified body and have it come to life. And that would terrify all of us to see that. He says, imagine that inside of you And God, you could grant that to me. And so he's saying, God, I'm praying that according to the riches of your glory, you would grant them that type of power in their inner being by the Holy Spirit. And that's what I've been praying. Because so much of church can be like externals. Like, don't do this, don't do that. Try not to swear. Don't sleep with anyone. Try to kick pornography, you know. Get to church every Sunday, do this, do your Bible reading, do your prayers. And and there can almost be like, if we play our cards right and have enough accountability partners and small groups and people calling us, it'll keep us from doing bad things. And you can go on retreats where if there is junk on you, you can just confess all that and cleanse yourself of it. But the thing I've noticed is, it's just like the Bible says in 2 Peter 2, that You know, a lot of times a dog will throw up and go, oh, that feels better. And he'll walk away, but then the Bible says, but then he'll return to his vomit and go, you know, and eat it up. And in the same way, he says, if you take a pig, you can wash it off, but then it runs right back into the mud. Okay, now why does that happen? See, and this happens in church where people get cleaned up. They get washed off and say, okay, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to stop this. And they make these commitments, but then soon after, they go right back to their vomit. They go right back to their mud. Now, why? I saw this for the first time like a month ago. I was on a farm, and I actually saw this couple wash their pig, you know, because they were going to, oh, they were going to take it and let other kids pet it and stuff. So, they washed it all off, this big old pig and it was you know it was all pink and cool and we're drying it off and then it just starts running back to the mud and they're diving on it and everything else trying to keep it from going back in the mud but the thing was just running for it now why why does a pig go back to its mud even after it's clean does anyone know It's because it's a pig, okay? And that's what pigs do. See, now the Bible says that there are people who they could vomit up their sin, they could be washed off of it, but then they'll go running back. Just like a pig will be washed off and go right back to. Now, why? Because their nature never changed. The pig was still a pig. And what what, what Paul is praying for here, he goes, I'm not, I don't want a church where we're just washing people off and they run back into their mud. He's saying, God, I want you to change their nature. So then, the inner man, by the power of the Holy Spirit, what the Bible says is he changes our nature. Some of you know what I'm talking about, some of you do not. See, some of us, God, and, and, and the Bible says at one point, we were a slave to sin. I, I'm a sinner, and so I love this mud. I love this dirt. I love this pornography. I love the sexuality. I love, you know, these evil thoughts, the hatred, the vengeance, all of that. I loved it because I was a slave to it, but then at some point, The Holy Spirit entered into me, my inner being, and I was granted strength by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says suddenly my nature changed. I came to life, and suddenly now I'm a slave to what is right. Like I have to do what is right. I know this because every once in a while, I'll start heading back to the dirt. And the moment even my feet get dirty, I go, I don't like this anymore, I don't like this, This doesn't feel right on me anymore. I used to love it, I used to go that way, but now I can't even, uh, I'm a slave to what is right. Man, some of you know what I'm talking about. The moment you start heading that way, there's all this guilt of like, this isn't me. See, that's what Paul's praying for. We're not here to try to make you act good and clean up for a week. Paul's on his knees saying, God, this miracle, I'm praying for this miracle, and I know you can do it. I know your power, and I'm asking because according to your your power, you could cause all of us to rain. You can have us all floating in the air. You could call down fire from heaven. I'm saying according to that type of power, would you grant them to be strengthened with power in their inner man deep inside where it's like, man, this is not about my dad. This is not about my parents It's not about anyone. My girlfriend, this is just, oh my gosh, I'm a slave to righteousness now. I can't go back to the, I'm not a pig anymore. God changed my very nature, and that's what Paul's praying in their inner being. Verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So you literally have Jesus Christ dwelling in you through your faith. Now, let me just speak on this for a second because I'm making some assumptions here that, uh, that maybe I have some things in common with you. Um, just having grown up in a, for me, it was a more of a traditional Chinese home and Because of that, a lot of things were based upon works. Um, Because of that, I I just felt like I never pleased my dad. I was never good enough. Both my sisters were 4.0 students. I was not. um, My brother and dad had a good relationship. I just feel like he never liked me. I mean, one, I think, you know, when I was born, my mother actually died while she was giving birth to me here in San Francisco. In the Chinese hospital and I think you know maybe my dad just always resented my birth um, but I, I just felt like everything I did he always had this look of disappointment like I just didn't do it right I didn't do it good enough and to the day he died we never had a conversation never felt like he was ever pleased with me and so it was very hard not to drag that type of mindset into my relationship with God, my Father, where I'm always trying to please him. Like, okay, did I do enough? Did I do enough? Did I do enough? I'm just being honest with you. Like, that is my struggle. And what I've been constantly praying in my life is this very verse, is is this idea of God, I want Christ to dwell in me, but he doesn't dwell in me through works. It's through faith, God give me the faith in your grace. I have a hard time believing in grace. I have a hard time believing in mercy. You know that even though I deserve his wrath that he just adores me and loves me and wants to abide in me and I in him and and so this is this is something I pray for you also. It's like, God, this isn't about works. It's not about that. I, I want that security, and it comes from faith, and it's through faith that Christ dwells in my heart. And this is says that you, being rooted and grounded in love... Being rooted, okay? That means this is you. You, you. You've seen roots, you know, like trees with those massive, massive roots in the wind like last night. It's not gonna blow that tree anywhere, you know, versus a little plant that, like the rocky soil that Jesus talks about, where it never really got rooted. And so it's just like this rock, and it's just like a little bit of topsoil. So something sprang up, but it wasn't of the rock. It never really came from the rock. Some topsoil flew on and something superficial grew up. But the moment the wind and the sun came, boom, it was gone. He says, no, he's talking about the person who's rooted. That's why, you know, in churches nowadays, when people turn 18, they say, gosh, whatever, you know, different stats will say anything from 70 to 85 of the people, just, you know, 85% will just walk away from the church. Why? Because it wasn't ever about them. They themselves weren't rooted. They could survive as long as they were in the, the family's care and everyone was protecting them and forcing them to go. That's what I was saying about my daughter. It's like, well, if we you know, lock you up and keep you from doing wrong things, you know, you'll be fine. But that's not what we're after. We want you to be rooted. Rooted, but not rooted in works. Rooted and grounded in love. Okay, that, that's my prayer is that you yourself are like, gosh, I am so stuck in the love of God. I can't even move from here. And even when I try to wander off into sin, it's like, ah, like that song we sang. I'm prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. But you can't, why? Because he's bound you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He seals you. Grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend See, this is what the strength is for strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. Because I want you to be able to grasp this is what I'm praying for just how big this is, how great this is. This isn't a religion, it's not a one hour a week thing, it's not just something you do, it's not just about obeying rules but I want you to get how wide and long and high and deep and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. See, what I know of Sunset Church is that theologically, um, I would consider this church pretty solid. Um, and I am so grateful for the theology of this church, Um, even amongst a lot of churches that are kind of weakening their stance on things and, you know, just going to what people want to hear. From what I understand, Sunset Church has been like this pillar when it comes to its theology, and I'm grateful for that because I believe I stand with you on that. But the thing we have to remember is that demons... Also have really good theology They do they know It's not like they don't know who God is in fact They go beyond a lot of us and then it says they believe in God and they shudder So they even have the beginning of wisdom, which is the fear of the Lord They know the truth about him and they're even afraid of him So my question to you is what makes you different from a demon you have the same theology same general intellectual belief system the difference is that you get that's why paul says i want to give give him the strength to comprehend that just how big how wide and long and high deep and to know the love of christ that surpasses knowledge Think about that phrase. Because God, give him the strength to know, to know, to really know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. How do you know something that is beyond knowing? See, he's not talking about facts like you can answer a multiple choice theology test. The the demons can do that too. What Paul's praying for and what I've been on my knees praying for you for is that something deep-rooted inside where... Oh man, it's like I totally get the love of Christ. And unlike the demons, I know it so deeply that I'm happy to surrender my life to his lordship and to follow him. Like, are you kidding me? I'll give it all. That's, that's the kingdom of heaven. You find this treasure, the love of Christ. And you go, man, I'll gladly come under that type of leadership. Me, deep in my heart, I finally get how wide and long and high and deep this is. I finally know this love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. See, this is why I get on my knees, is because I can't teach this to you. It's not like other things I could teach. If, if you were saying, hey, can you teach them their uh, multiplication table? Sure, sure, okay. You know, then I can you know, grow a put a chart out here, I could teach you math, I could teach you algebra, maybe, you know, I could teach you, you know, it's, there's certain things that are explainable, and it's just me passing my information to you and getting that information, but Paul's on his knees going, God, okay, there, there needs to be this transfer of knowledge that's beyond just education, it's beyond knowing, so I'm on my knees saying, God, help him know the love of Christ, like, know it, to know it in their inner man where they're strengthened and they're rooted. They're grounded. And no one's going to blow them away from this. And they'll go off. They'll go off to Berkeley. They'll go off to Stanford. They'll go off wherever. And everyone's teaching all this craziness. But it's, it's, they're fine. They're rooted. They're grounded. See, that's my prayer for my children. That's what I'm seeing in my kids. It's like, okay, okay, okay. They got it. It's inside. Okay, now you can go wherever. And you'll be fine. That's our prayer for you. That you'd be rooted and grounded in his love. To know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And that's the goal. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Is that how people know you? As a person who's filled with the fullness, they go, Wow, she's like not a normal person. Like there's there's something supernatural about her. Like she prays to God and there's this power about her. Like it's that's 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 Paul's prayer. See, that's the way the church is supposed to be. Is, is that is someone, see, when I'm when I was when I'm teaching, like I don't want just someone to go walk in who doesn't know anything about God and go, oh, that was entertaining. Or, oh, that was a good argument, or this or that. I mean, what do you want someone to see when they encounter the guy that hopefully someone walks in and goes, Man, he has a connect, like he knows him in a way that I don't know him. There's some sort of connection. And he's not just walking around the earth pursuing what everyone else is pursuing, trying to sound smart, trying to be this, but there's something about him. That's this idea of being filled with all the fullness of God. It's a supernatural thing. And that's the way the church was supposed to be. That's why I would get so frustrated because I thought, man, when I read this book, if I were stuck on an island, just reading this book over and over and over again, and then I finally visited a church, like what would I expect to see? I'd expect to see this power, this love, this just like people like no one else and it's like, man, when do we see that? Is that Are we even after that? Are we even pursuing that? There have been a few times where I go, Wow, I've been in gatherings like that. A few months ago, I was in China, and uh you know, I went to Beijing, Shanghai, and a couple other places and then uh but then I went back like way deep into the villages, you know, just mountains and, and I went to this little village of, there were 70 families that lived in this village on like this hilltop, mountaintop type of thing. And it was really cool. If you can imagine like where they're still growing their own rice, growing their own corn, they've got their animals. No one is on their cell phone. Everyone, I know, it's weird. And they're alive still. And, and, and they're, they're just living life, right? These 70 families. All 70 families had become Christians. And all 70 families started studying the Word of God, loving the Word of God. But they didn't just get convicted by the Word of God. They did things. In fact, when they learned about the widows and orphans, they all started adopting kids out of the orphanage. Every family. In fact, those 70 families adopted 160 children from the orphanage and all of those 160 children were special needs kids that had mental issues some with these swollen heads others that were missing body parts some that you're just they're just carrying around all day long can't feed themselves they the, others they were kind of just you know, like wild and out of control and, and to see this village with these 70 people and 160 special needs kids where every family had two to three of these special needs kids and, and they're caring for them. twenty. This isn't a ministry where you visit for an hour a week. This is, I, I wake up in the morning and this is all I do all into the hours of the night is care for these people and I'll probably be doing it for the rest of my life. And to see the joy with which these people served all these children, I got the whole time. My daughter and I were just going. I mean, she 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 told me, "Dad, I was like on the verge of tears all the time." I go, "I know," because the whole time you realize what a servant you are not, and how you wake up every morning you think about yourself, and these people don't. I'm telling you, it was it was maybe the most beautiful church I had ever seen, and I never went to one of their services. I didn't have to, it didn't really matter what they did in their service. I I look at their life and how they lived out the gospel. There was a power there. Last week I was in India, in India, visiting a, a friend of mine, really my mentor. Through his ministry, they've led 3 million people to the Lord and he asked me to come speak to their senior leaders. So there were about 500 of these men each of these men were overseeing, one guy was overseeing 800 churches, this guy's overseeing 500, you know, all these guys got two to three hundred, and it's like, wow, they had 25,000 churches represented. These are all new converts that are serious I mean, 25,000 churches and 70 Bible colleges and all of these missionaries everywhere going to unreach people. And I, I at one, one point I, I asked him, I go, okay, help me understand. I'm trying to understand the structure of this thing, because how do you keep all of these senior leaders accountable? And then those 25,000, and then how do you keep the, the, the Bible colleges running? And then you got all these outreach to the kids. Let me see the strategy. How did you start it? How? And he just goes, you're so American. (laughs) He goes, you want to know strategy, don't you? You want to know structure. He goes, this is what I'll tell you. Those men, my senior leaders, they know Jesus deeply. And they love him deeply. They spend hours and hours with Jesus. And they're the most humble people I know. How it all happens, you want to know strategy, I'm just telling you. They need to know Jesus deeply. And he says, when I visit America and I talk to some of these pastors, he goes, I walk away and I pray, I go, God, I wish he knew you. Because you, you guys pray, you know, 10 minutes a day. But to know him, to really know him and love him, I mean, that's the most important commandment. See, and this is my prayer is I know I'm I'm prone to just do things or fix things, but to know someone and to love someone deeply. The Bible says when we abide in him, we're going to bear much fruit. But again, I don't mean to be overgeneralizing. I'm just saying that sometimes we, as Asian Americans that maybe grew up in a certain culture, and even a church culture, we sometimes have a hard time understanding relationship and knowing and dwelling and abiding And it's just about, don't do this or do this. And so I've just been saying, God, would you break through that? Because somehow he did it with me. I don't know how. I just know that I really love him. And even this last week when I was in India, I was convicted again. Like, God, I prone to wander, I started heading the wrong direction, not with like major sin type of things, but just with busyness to where when I pray, God, I, I'm cluttered and I, I can give you maybe five minutes of really focused time and then it's daydreaming and it's, it, 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 it inevitably goes to another track and, and it's like, God, I don't want that. When you return, I want to be close to you. And I realized I need to sacrifice some things and I, I just decided to fast not from food this time. I said, you know what? I'm going to fast from my cell phone and my computer. Let me just take 30 days and just put a standard vacation response. And I tell everyone, look, I'm so sorry, but uh, for 30 days, I, I'm not going to answer you. Write me back in 30 days. Um, I just, my relationship with God isn't right. And that's the most important thing to me. And that means I change whatever I need to change to get that right. You'll get that voicemail from my, my phone. You'll get that text when you try to text. It's like, I got hundreds of people waiting. But you know what? They can wait. Um, what can't wait is this relationship with God. Because this is forever. This is eternal. I need to do whatever it takes. Like, I want Him. See, that's what the psalmist, you know, he says, like, Lord, you're my shepherd. I, I, I don't want anything else. I just, you know, there's one thing I ask and this will I seek after. I just want to dwell in your temple. I just want to stare at your beauty. I just want to know you. And that's not something I can transfer. And so I have been on my knees. And my prayer is that the miracle that took place with my daughter um, that it happens with you, that you yourself know him. And I pray that that might even happen this morning. So I don't know what the Lord's doing in this room. And I doubt it's going to be everyone in the room. I just think there may be a few of you in this room where you're just burning and you just know you get how wide and long and high and deep and you finally get this is not about a religion. Like, oh my gosh, I've neglected this. And you just can't do anything else till you get it right. And I've heard some of my friends who are in ministry today who are talking about this, how there was that moment where no one else got it. Everyone left and I just couldn't even move because I finally understood the love of Christ. And I don't even know what did it, what phrase got to me. It was just, I'll never be the same. And they changed so I, I pray that this morning. I mean, we're gonna move on and we're gonna take communion, which is huge. And maybe it's during communion that you finally understand the body and blood of Christ. And it just affects you today. And I would just say, whatever you gotta skip, whatever you gotta let go of, maybe all your friends are going out for lunch and, you know, and you're just like, oh, I can't, I can't right now. I, I'm just saying, put off whatever you need to put off the The hug, I will wait. You know, it's just whatever. I just, I'm going to be alone with the Lord today. I want to reestablish my relationship with Him. I want to be rooted and grounded in His love. I want the Holy Spirit to change my very nature. Let me pray for us. God, I believe I said everything you wanted me to say, everything I know to say, but I can't make anyone know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. And so, God, please, please move now and open people's eyes to how beautiful you are the length and width, height and depth, your love, help them to believe for themselves and to know you personally. God, I know you can grant it according to the riches of your power, your glory, that you could grant for us to be so secure in you that nothing will move us. And for those here, Lord, whose nature has not changed, who may have been washed off or protected by parents. I pray that you would change their nature, that they would cry out to you and you would seal them with your Holy Spirit. And God, I pray for Sunset Church, that they'd be known as having people who are filled with the fullness of God that there be love here like that village I saw in China. Commitment here like the leaders I saw in India. God, may they become a light, a bright, bright light here in San Francisco. In Jesus' name, amen.